When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Planning a wedding is intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Design your dream suit at Indochino.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com code PODCAST. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. It's your boy, David Bellard, one-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance, checking in, fellas. What's good? It's your boy, Jalen, checking in. What's popping, y'all? What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Kelly, checking in. What up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Jerry, checking in. What's good, fellas? How y'all doing, man? Man, feeling good, feeling blessed. Today is a good day, man. It's a great day, man. It's a special day for one of the brothers on this podcast, the damn show. You damn right. Let them let them know what time it is. Happy birthday to my buddy. Hey, <laughs> OG on this day, twenty five in this thing. Hey, man, yeah, I made around this thing twenty five times. I gotta thank the Lord. <laughs> hey, man, bro. The boy got the haircut and everything. He looks good. Yeah, I see you, boy. I see you, man. <laughs> Well, yeah, man. So, man, we got a special guest on the podcast. Y'all might have seen some of his tweets if y'all was on our page. He always dropping some fire, fire knowledge on the on Twitter, man. Uh, we're talking about our man Z Banks. He go by Z Bank on Twitter, man. Uh, how you doing, bro? How you doing? I'm doing all right. How about y'all? I appreciate y'all for having me. Oh, we appreciate you for coming on, man. So, Zamati. How we normally pop this show off is we just get you to introduce yourself to the following and kind of like let them know how you got your start. Because you, okay. uh, you, we were talking off camera, you mentioned you were a real estate consultant. So can we get your story? Of course. Uh, it really starts with my family. I grew, I got lucky to be born into a household of investors. My parents own a nice size portfolio in Louisiana of uh, some residential properties and a commercial property at this point. 
And uh, so like growing up, it was education and real estate. Like that's it. Yeah. Like I was going to school and owning properties, it wasn't even optional. Yeah. So it was like inevitable that I was, I would be in this world. Damn, man. That's cool. Like, I think we had a few people, you know, their parents kind of, you know, had the real estate going on, but they didn't really like push them towards real estate. So, mm-hmm. and especially you being from Louisiana, man, it hits home because, you know, we from the boot too. Uh, mm-hmm. We definitely want to get into that. Like, so was this investing spirit in your family before then? And like, what was it like growing up? Did you have to, you know, read some of these books or like, how did you actually soak up the game? How did they pass it to you? Oh, uh, well, they started just by, they just had me around it. I would go with them to properties. And obviously, like, while we were there, they just keep speaking on what's happening, what's taking place. I would be with my dad. If I was available, like, as young as, like, five, I would just go with him to work on properties. And when I was about, once I got my license, he would send me to go pick up the rent. So it was like, it's powerful to be literally a child and go to a house that your family owns and pick up, you know, a stack from an adult. You're like, oh, you just handed me this. This is mine. This is what, uh, you know, pays everything that we have. So, but from that point, I made like a conscious decision. And I'm a, I wanted to be filthy rich, right? So with that, I did like a whole lot of self-research, especially while I was in college. That's when I really dove in like head first. I was reading about a book a week. And that's uh, also when I got into fitness and I started walking between like one and two hours a day. And that whole time I would like that, I would either listen to podcasts. They weren't really that big back then. So what I would do is uh, I had like this MP4 downloader. So I would just download uh, anything I could find on YouTube that was relevant. I know at one point I had like a hundred gigabytes worth of just content I had downloaded and listened to. And uh, once they saw my interest, they, they just did everything they could to expose me to it. Because I do have a younger brother, and he's not into it as much as I am. He's much more in the STEM field. He's a, like a biology major. So they didn't necessarily didn't push me towards, like, you're going to be in real estate. But owning properties was definitely, like, not optional. That's beautiful, and that's powerful, like, the whole situation. Like you said, you got that lesson at a young age. Like... Mm-hmm. This is what ownership can bring me. This is this thousand dollars. This is about to pay my rent plus some bills at my house. So that's definitely powerful that your your parents were able to, you know, just expose you to that world. Um, And then that hunger for knowledge that came in college. I know a lot of people sometimes they'll get caught up in college and, you know, we'll kind of, you know, sway away and just want to party and everything like that. You know, you say, no, let me find myself and let me really dig deep and see what I got. And now you're able to be a consultant. And I know we want to go a little bit deeper into like, how did you get to that level? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but even before that, I, I got to go back and touch on something. Because you said you was reading a book a week while you was in college, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. What was your major, bro? I was a business major. Okay. Business but major. That's hey, the, shout out to business major. Yeah, but that's damn. That's different. I can't imagine reading a, a book a week while I was in college. I couldn't. I don't know how. I was. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like what was some of those books that you were reading? Uh, back then I thought I was gonna get like a second degree in engineering because uh, okay, it was you know everybody has that moment of like yeah, this is like the click right. And what happened for me is one day I was watching some Soldier Boy Day to Days on YouTube. 
and he's like only six years older than me. And I saw he had like cashed out on the very first Bentley of that year. I'm like, okay, this dude is filthy rich. Like, yeah, my people got bread, but yeah, this, this is real wealth. And that day, like that moment, I opened up Forbes and I read like the biographies of like the top 400 people of how they attain their wealth. And at that point, I came to the conclusion that if you want to be a billionaire, you're going to get there through either technology or financial services. And I grew real estate into like that category. So back then I was reading a lot of stuff like uh, Elon Musk, uh, this book called Abundance by Peter Diamandis where he explains all of the future technologies where people can make billions off of uh, like guides to buy and sell apartments, stuff on taxes, like stuff most people wouldn't be diving into like 18. Hey man, that's dope. So you graduate, then after you graduate, what does that look like? What, what does life, do you go to work? Or are you immediately start investing? Uh, no, actually graduation, it was like, it was tough. Cause after that, like, that's when I first moved back to Dallas. This is where I was originally born. And, uh, there's not a whole lot of opportunity in Shreveport. So like the day after my last class, I was back in Dallas. And, uh, at that point I struggled for a very long time to find a job, to try to create some income. And after a long time, I'm like, okay, it's abundantly clear. I'm not going to get a job. So I guess I'm going to have to make one myself. And that's when I got my real estate license. Hey, man, I definitely feel you with that because that was kind of like my same thing. I graduated, but it wasn't like immediately, but I moved to Dallas on the second of the year. And it was hard to find a job at first, too. I ended up taking a job as like a car salesman, but the Dallas job market is competitive, man. I kept, I kept on getting old, overqualified, and then some jobs, it was just, it was, it was tough. Extremely. Like, if you hit, like, that three-year mark, you will have recruiters hitting you up every day for a job. But, you know, they tell you you don't have any experience. Like, obviously, I'm 21 years old. I just graduated. Like, how can I get experience without somebody giving me opportunity? And that's people, it'd be, like, jobs with the word entry level in the job title, and they'll say yeah. you don't have enough experience. Yeah, definitely, definitely crazy. So once you get your real estate license, you go straight to selling. How how does that look like? You killing it? Uh, no, actually, I never really got into sales flat out. Like, uh, I guess I got the license just to give myself the credential since I was so new and I know I wanted to be in the commercial space. Because mm-hmm. uh, like re- just off a of sheer numbers difference. I knew I wanted to make a huge income. So if I'm involved in 20 residential sales, that could still be half of like one apartment complex. So I know I wanted to, so I got my license first. And at that point I started networking. Yeah. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Okay. So you start networking. Like going to RIA meetups, pulling up. Oh, yeah. And mostly, honestly, most at this point, I've built most of my connections on Twitter. And uh, like this, 
Yeah, because at this point, I got my license, like, in February. So, like, in March, is that's when I said, all right, I'm going to make some money off of my Twitter. And I started taking it serious for the first time because I've been on there for a while. And it's grown from, like, 600 followers to close to 7,000 since March. That, like, March of this year? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I do want to interject right here, though. I do want to interject real quick. I want the people that are listening to know that the only reason this has happened is because this man be dropping the game. Yes, so much knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I don't hear so fucking much on Twitter. Just listening to this man, bro. Like, there's this group of people on Twitter that I be like, guys, they just know shit. Like, like, don't ask no questions. <laughs> don't try to figure out. They just know things. And I, he's one of those people. And I definitely want everybody to go follow this man if you want the game. That was all I had to interject. I appreciate that. You got something? Ah, oh, shit. Dude, throw me off with this interjection. Because, dang. What kind of opportunities have come through from growing your Twitter? Yeah, that's where I wanted to go. Uh, I guess it's just, okay, you say it's the group, right? So how do you join the group? Well, it's just by showing that you have something to offer, at least some knowledge. And, uh, you know, basically Twitter is an amazing platform. Because it's just it's like one of the first places that allows you to actually flex your intelligence. So people see that, they resonate with it, and they want to connect with you because you could always find people who are doing something similar to yourself. Hey, that's for real. Like, that's true shit. And, like, just the way that you marketed and used Twitter, like, the it's fact major. that, yeah, the fact that you said you didn't even have to, you know, really go in the sales horn and then... You didn't have to really go to meetups and everything, but you were creative enough to say, you know what, I got this powerful platform at my fingertips. Let mm-hmm. me use it. Let me say, let me take advantage of it and figure out who's all across the country trying to get into the same shit I'm trying to get into. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually met my mentor on there. And he's like, uh, he's basically like a consultant for some venture capitalists. So all he does like all day, every day is raise billions of dollars and finds other companies for them to acquire. So I'm like, okay, I got this guy in my circle. And that's how like, I started being able to connect other developers and other investors with millions of dollars worth of funds when they need it. So how did you meet your mentor? I know you said you met him on Twitter, but like, what was that process of getting to know him and getting to meet him? Uh, my friend Ari, she was like, this is uh, Brandon. This is someone you should meet. This is someone you could, should connect with. He actually happens to be in Dallas as well. So uh, he was, you know, just very open to help me because he said, you know, at his, at, when he was my age, he had to figure a lot of things out on his own. So when he saw that I was knowledgeable and I was explaining to him what I wanted to do, he was very happy to help me when it came to stuff like that. See, that's always so dope about, that's like, because we always, always talking about mentorship on this show. and. Mm-hmm. Just the way your mentorship, like, it always has the consistent theme across it. You have to be that person that is already, like, put the effort there for that mentor to actually want to take you on. So many people want a mentor, like, and they starting at number, at zero. Like, they don't know nothing. They just want you to walk them all the way through it. But the reason he actually wanted to mentor you is because he seen you had took the time. You were reading commercial real estate books in college, like. Mm-hmm. took that time out to learn and people just want to skip that step yeah it's uh i get dms all the time it'll be like complete strangers 
And they, they start the message with mentor me. Like, who are you? Why would I do that? It doesn't even make any sense. But, uh, <laughs> but if you, was, you know, say something first or, you know, just you got to be able to provide value in some form or fashion. Because it's like uh, if you want successful people to mentor you, okay, these people are wealthy. That means that their time is valuable. If they're making millions of dollars a year, that equates to thousands of dollars an hour. So if they're making thousands of dollars an hour, why should they spend one second on you if you have nothing to offer them in return? Man, and, and we constantly preach that too. Like a lot of people, they just want to come to you and say, you know, let me be a part of the team or let me help or whatever. And then you ask them, hey, what can you do? Uh, I don't know, man. Just tell me what you want me to do. You got too much of that, you know, that worker mindset that I just want to be a part of it. No, you mm-hmm. have to provide value to it. You you can't mm-hmm. just be a part of you I can't this. Yeah, it's not what <laughs> what can you get from the organization is what can you provide to the organization. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy that a lot of people skip that part, man. And I'm I'm actually I'm glad you broke that down too, as far as like the monetary portion of it, because a lot of people don't understand. They be like, you know, well, it's not that hard just to answer a DM or just to answer a comment or something like that. But like you just said, it's like. Bro, this, these people make thousands per second, and you taking up some of their seconds for them to type this message out to you. Like, you got to be a reason for them to want to do that, you know? Exactly. And it's just like if you, you might not even benefit them directly, but, you know, people have seen me put out content like, oh, he's providing value to someone. Because uh, if you, all you're doing is take, take, you never put out anything, you never reciprocate, you never benefit anyone else you just come off as a parasite and why would anybody <laughs> want to be involved with you hey i was just thinking that in my head whenever you said that bro i was like very parasitic hey man that's so true though man like a lot of people they're very parasitic man they just want to be like what can you give me what can you give me what can you give me but whenever it's time for them to give something to you they're not there mm-hmm. they're nowhere to be found and that's not the way that you know teamwork and ways to thrive should be and like you say, y'all very selective with your group. You need to see who can provide value. And that's where I think a lot of organizations kind of, you know, where they get weak at whenever sometimes they're in them growing stages, they just need some help. And then they just settle for anything instead of mm-hmm. people who can provide value to them. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of like an interview process. If you, if you just, uh, you could, anybody could just put up a posting, help wanted, and then hire anybody to walk through the door. Like, yeah, you could do that for like a dishwasher, but if it's for, you know, some type of job that provides, I mean, that requires thought, expertise, or certain skill sets, you actually got to go through an interview process for it. Most definitely. And I, so, I want to actually get into the uh, the consultant side of it. So mm-hmm. so what exactly is a real estate consultant and what is it? what does an average day look like? Uh, it could definitely vary. It could be... Like, okay, the other day my uncle called me and he was like, uh, this guy in Alexandria, he has a 200-unit portfolio. He needs your help selling it. Like, okay, cool. Another example is I'm working with a developer right now. We're partner on this $5 million fund to uh, build some container homes. This is something that we were both very passionate about. But the problem is, like, container homes don't. Uh, banks don't like to finance them like with a traditional mortgage like they do for a traditional single family house. So uh, we need about $5 million to build the homes and then also provide the mortgage for people who would like to buy one. 
And another example is uh, recently uh, the co-founder of this startup called uh, Homebase. What they're doing is they're combining like uh, the co-living and co-working uh, business. So they want to create a community to where people pretty much just like y'all, like like-minded individuals. Okay, because everybody needs a place to live and entrepreneurs usually need a place to work. So they want to create this concept to where you can get your apartment and it's also offices in here. And there's also a, like a wellness component where they'll have yogurt instructors, uh, mental health classes, where you can get everything you need. You don't need to uh, get an office yeah, yeah, and an apartment. That's fine. That's tight. Hey, that's hard. That's hard. <laughs> I need to know where they opening that up at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, their first office is going to be in New York and they plan on having it at least five locations by 2022. And with that, like, that's not even something I, I sought after. Like, she messaged me on Twitter. She said, yeah, I see that you've helped some developers raise funds. We need a million to get this started. So I've been, I sent their pitch deck out to my network. This just happened a few days ago. So I sent, I sent their pitch deck out to my network to see if we can, I can help them raise their million to get that started. That's crazy. That's great, man. All on Twitter, bro. All on Twitter. All on Twitter. All I want to know is, that's, hold on, man. I got to say some shit right quick, man. If y'all on Twitter bullshitting, keeping up with the Real Housewives, learning all this bullshit, looking at all these news gifts, you're bullshitting. You're wasting your time, man. God damn. Oh, man, that's your reason, capital. Bro, I'm trying to tell you, I learn something from them every day. I just get on Twitter like, what am I going to learn today? <laughs> <laughs> it's a few of them. It's a few of them like that, though, bro. You just be like, I ain't going to lie. This is what I do. I call I have my personal page. I'll be like, this is evil Twitter. And then I have the BWR page. I'll be like, let me go over to uh, reg- the good Twitter and learn and soak up some knowledge, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just be like, man, these too many people bullshit. I'm slowly trying to just decrease it. It's just hard because I follow too many bullshit. So I just... Get tired after a while, man. Yeah, like, that's the first thing I did back in March when I said, okay, I'm going to make some money off of my Twitter. The first thing I did was get rid of all the nonsense. If I can't learn from you, you can't teach me something. If all you're here for entertainment, you really have no value to me at this point. I don't, I'm not trying to see that anymore. So, yeah, so that's like step one is curating your timeline to actual actionable information. I love it. And I know a lot of people, they know how to monetize like off of Instagram or whatever, but not a lot of people are familiar with monetizing via Twitter. So mm-hmm. can you kind of break down what that kind of looks like? Oh, uh, the key difference is, is Instagram is great for monetizing product-based businesses. So if you're selling hair or clothes or whatever it may be, because it's picture-based, but Twitter is more uh, inclined to help you monetize service-based businesses. So if you got actual skills, you're a graphic designer, you're a project manager, you're a real estate consultant. Because like I said, it gives you the platform to actually flex your expertise because you actually have to be knowledgeable at these things for people to uh, want to work with you. So once you have that platform and you're just creating content, people see, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. This person knows what he's talking about. And from that point, if you consistently create content, people will notice and reach out to you. Because like I said, I didn't ask any of those. I didn't come at any of those people for those three projects they all came to me for. So it, I never 
necessarily marketed anything. I just created content. I guess that was my marketing, but I never explicitly said, you know, uh, this is what I do. Hire me for this. I just talked about certain things because like uh, the developer that wants, you know, that came to me to help him raise the $5 million fund. He saw that uh, I spoke on helping developers raise funds and he saw that I had an interest in container homes. So he reached out to me for that. Hey, what you got, Kelly? So it seems like the consultant side is really, really network based heavy. And so what is it? What does your first deal look like as far as consulting? Uh, the first deal was, uh, what was it? It's this, it was a different developer and he was, he had owned some land in uh, San Marcos, Texas. It's about 45 minutes from Austin. And uh, it's like a booming area. And I don't know if most people know that Austin is already close to twice as expensive as Dallas and Houston. So Mm -hmm. that surrounding area is becoming much more attractive. And he wanted to, uh, he owned some land that he inherited from his family. And he wanted to build a a mobile home park because mobile homes are like one of the last few options when it comes to affordable housing. But uh, we couldn't, I couldn't really, I found him exactly what he wanted. Like I got him the terms he wanted. It was just small little details he was being, I think he was being petty about. So instead, I just found him someone that would buy his land. And so we just threw away the development aspect of it. So like, how how did that look? Kind of telling him, you know, throw away that development side. Did he give you a lot of pushback or? Uh, no, not at all. Cause I, I told him, I guess I could keep, you know, looking for the funding for your development deal, but you already own the land. So let's just try to sell it. Yeah. And he was, yeah. And he, I had no pushback on that. And how did you meet this, this guy? Oh, uh, that's another person that my uncle connected me with. He is an executive at a pretty large architecture firm here in Dallas. So, he has a pretty vast network. So whenever somebody comes to him who doesn't necessarily need architecture services, he sends them to me. He's also the person that connected me with the guy who owns like 200 houses in Alexandria. And uh, I'm just waiting for them to finish their proposal and I'm gonna help him get that sold. That's what's up, bro. That's like, that's true generational wealth right there. Like that, that share, that's the stuff we love to see. You know, a lot of times in our community, we, we equate, having to to get everything by yourself is like the like a we champion that. But mm-hmm. the fact that you can have an uncle in a position to do that stuff for you, that's like so powerful. And that's what we all should strive for. Yeah. Being able to pass that down generation after generation, man. Uh that mindset has always been extremely crazy to me. Cause I always like I'm an extremely lazy person. And I know like from a young age I told myself I want my life to be as easy as it possibly can be. So like, I can tell you, yeah, I'm working on these type of deals and I promise you like residential agents work so much harder than me. I do almost everything off of my phone. Damn. I yeah, like, I, like I don't go to networking events. I don't tour properties. I don't even, I haven't even seen none of the stuff I worked on. It's all been over the phone. Damn. That's kind of what I wanted to go into next. Like what's some of the key differences, you know, between residential and commercial uh property like whenever you're going to buy it you know is there a certain credit score you might need or is like certain amount of capital you're going to need mm-hmm. 
Uh, it can definitely vary because, you know, you got commercial properties that might go for a quarter million. Like you could get 10, 20 units in like Memphis for a quarter million, but they're also like billion dollar office towers. So, you know, the process can definitely vary drastically, but let's just keep it on the lower end. Uh, when it comes to acquiring these properties, let's say, let's just use that, that 10 unit in Memphis, for example. That process isn't much different from um, qualifying for a house. And the qualifications are actually easier because your personal qualifications are lowered because you're buying an asset instead of something, you're buying a bona fide asset. So, okay, with a house, you got, if you got a house, you rent it out to one person. So for every month that you don't have somebody in there, you're coming out of pocket for it versus if you're buying a 10 unit apartment building, you probably already buying it with a few people in there. And more than likely the people that's already in there can cover the mortgage that you got. So the bank sees it. It's a much smaller risk on their end. And like I said, they're looking at you less. So yeah, if you're buying a house, they want you to have a good job, good credit, all of that. But if you're buying a, uh, they basically, they look at you as the individual when you're buying a house. But when you go to buy a commercial property, they're looking at the building. Is this building a good investment? And depending on the state of the building, they might say, okay, if it's like only two people in there currently, and it'll be a major renovation, then they'll look at you like, do you have the experience to actually turn this around, make this a good investment? But they're judging the property itself more than they are judging you when it comes to commercial acquisitions. Hmm. Hmm, that's interesting. And then, you know, with the loaning, with the financing aspect, is there like certain type of banks that people should go through or would you, you know, kind of encourage them to go hard money type ways or whatever? Uh, no, uh, hard money is definitely for like short-term investments just because the interest rates on them are so high, it'll eat up any profits like more over like more of a, than a three month period. But they are like, you still got like Sally Mae because they, they love financing apartment deals because everybody needs a place to live. Mm -hmm. So you might not go and get the same type of loan. There are commercial loans, multifamily loans, and there are also private money lenders uh, just who specialize on commercial properties. So the process of getting a loan isn't much different. You just might be talking to different people. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Hey, hey appreciate that knowledge, man, because I didn't know some of those things. So pretty sure people listening got some value out of that, man. Of course. 
Oh yeah, he also definitely. I was when I was reading on Twitter, you taught me about how the uh, the appreciation um, commercial buildings is different versus residential. Could you speak on that, like a little bit, to the people as well? Absolutely. When it comes to how residential properties are evaluated, it goes off of comps, which means the comparable houses in the area. So if you got a three bed, two bathroom house in this certain neighborhood, they base the value on that versus what the other houses in the area are selling for. And there's pretty much a cap on how much this house will be worth over a certain time frame. So even if you put, let's say the house, you bought it for a million, and the cap for the area is 1.2 million. Even if you spend 500,000 renovating it, that doesn't mean your house is now worth 1.5 million. Nobody's going to buy it because it's not worth that because the market says so. But residential properties, the value is determined by uh, how much income the building generates. So if you buy a building for a million and it was profiting, say, 100,000 a year and you renovate it, you get new people in there and you up the rent, say you double the rents. If you double the rents, that means you just double the value of the property. So you can literally force appreciation and you create much more value than what you bought it for. So you could put a lot of money into it and drastically increase the rents. So now it is worth more versus if you put a lot of money into a house, nobody cares that you did that. And it's worth the cap of what the market says it's worth. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm. Well, I'll be goddamn. <laughs> yeah, he had posted that on Twitter. I read it on a thread and it fucked my head up. I said, hold on, wait, guys. You can wait. You can force appreciation? What a minute. Shit. You know, yeah, that's the biggest difference in uh, investing in the two. Man, you got to know what game you're playing, man. You got to play the, the right game. Yes, sir. Yeah. For sure, man. Uh, I got one more question. So if. If I'm a young guy listening to this and, I, and I'm like thinking about being a consultant, how would I get into being a real estate consultant? What would, be, what would be your best advice for somebody like that? My best advice would be to learn, learn as much as you can. I've been learning nonstop since I was about 19 and I'm currently 24. And I can retain like an extreme amount of knowledge. Like uh, just for example, like this, this isn't necessarily a good thing, but there's a lot. There's like what a hundred hours worth of Game of Thrones, and I can recite that show word for word, like ninety percent of it. So, and I put this like an extreme amount of effort into learning relevant information. So yeah, it's like literally thousands of hours of content I've consumed over the years. So uh, like you got to learn, and then on the commercial side, it's definitely much more network focused than residential. So if you're a residential agent or consultant or whatever, like you could just take advantage of lazy agents in your office. If you just put in a little bit of work, you can like you can just see who in your office has a listing and you could say, I'll host an open house for you, you know, show people the house. I'll do all the work, whatever. And if the house sells, the agent still gets paid. But everybody who walks through the door that doesn't want to buy that one, they are free game for you to make a client yourself so you can build up clientele. But in commercial, you actually have to know people. And like I said, I met all the people that I really know via Twitter. And, you know, I said I did that by flexing the information that I've been gaining over the years. So you really got to have a network. That's something where you really got to know the right people 
versus residential where you can make anyone a client just by talking to almost anyone versus because there's only so few people in the world who can acquire a $20 million apartment building or $50 million office complex or, you know, a, a thousand acres of land. So you actually have to connect with those people and show that you can provide some type of value to them. Hey, major, 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 major gems, man. My dude dropping bars. What you got, Jared? Yeah, I have one more question too. So if I'm somebody or if I'm a group of people, uh, I think you did a thread on this as well for anybody listening, but if I'm somebody or I'm a group of people and I'm interested about getting into the commercial property, uh, from what you're telling me, and you know, with being able to force appreciation and stuff like that, how would you advise a group of people or an individual about going into that area? Oh, uh, well, that's part of like what I do as a consultant is actually walk people through the process. It's really like two sides of the coin. I work as a consultant, and that's oh, like, okay, working with like high net worth individuals and helping them either sell or acquire property, or it's working with it still might be high net worth individuals who might not know anything about real estate. Cause uh, just last week I was talking to a guy, he owns a few businesses. He has a really high paying job and I was just walking them through the process of buying, getting his real estate portfolio started. Cause there are a lot of people who make a lot of money either through tech or they inherited it, but and they don't know anything about real estate. So that's what I walk them through. Hey, that's major, bro. Hey, so definitely, if you have just came into some money or anything like that, y'all get him, my dude. He'll be able to show y'all how to, you know, really flip it, double it. If you got some land, he'll be able to help you get it off of it. Um, y'all definitely go there. Um, y'all definitely can tell he got the knowledge. He's been learning it. He's verified, certified. Y'all definitely <laughs> go get with him, man. Oh, man, I appreciate that. Uh, no problem, bro. All right, so Zamata, we're going to pivot to the last segment of the show. We effed up again and forgot to warn you. But it is what it is. So we do a segment called What's on Your Timeline, where we just ask you about something that you saw on social media that either you posted or somebody else posted that you thought was, like, important or impactful or just something that you wanted to speak on. Oh, important or impactful. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is I, this morning I just said, you know, being a victim doesn't solve your problems. And there is a huge victim mentality against anybody who is not where they want to be because they love to deflect accountability. If you're a victim, you, you get to say, it's not my fault because of blank. Yeah. But that doesn't fix your problems. Like, uh, like I've taken ills, but almost all of my ills were self-inflicted. So, and like, if you, it could be from anything like from business to your weight, you know, there's a, a fat shaming movement. Okay, let's say they are shaming you for being fat. You're still fat, though. So how does that help? <laughs> like, you got to make the decision to be unfat. Yeah. <laughs> like, of a problem. I, I was I was like uh, my freshman year of college. I lost like 50 pounds in four months. It's not hard to lose weight once you decide I want to lose weight versus calling out fat shamers. That doesn't help you. Ooh. I love Girl, like I, I love this. I love this type of like conversations too, because like I, I'm always real big on that personal accountability talk. Like mm-hmm. people love to, to bullshit and half ass, but never really like to look in the mirror yeah, and say, you know, what have yeah. I done to really, you know, change this outcome, or what did I do to make this happen to myself? Mm-hmm. 
And there's a lot of things that happen to us that are out of our control. And that's unfortunate, but it's reality. Mm-hmm. Crying about it, not going to fix it. So it's like, how am I going to move forward from here versus crying about what happened to you? Because nobody cares about your feelings. So you might as well get out of. Facts, bro. Straight facts. Hey, bro. Um, So now we're going to let you know, plug yourself in, let everybody know what services you offer, how they can just get to you on those services and just how they can keep up with you and keep on learning, bro. Uh, Okay. On the social media side, the only thing I'm really active on is Twitter. And that's at Z-Bank, E-N-T, Z-B-A-N-K, E-N-T. And uh, my website is Z-Bank Real Estate. Uh, you can reach out to me on there, or you can email me directly at Zamonte at ZBankRealEstate.com. From that point, I could, if you were a beginner, you know, you're trying to buy your first property, uh, I can help with that. If you are trying to acquire your first commercial property or develop it, or you need put together a business plan, site selection, you need to acquire properties. You got some commercial properties you're trying to get rid of. Anything like that I can help you with. Hey, so y'all get at y'all definitely brother, get man. at him, man. Um he's doing some great work for the community, just spread knowledge on Twitter, you know, not even really charging for that. So I can just imagine what type of help and what type of value he's providing to people who are paying for it. So I'm definitely saying it's a valuable uh, asset, valuable tool. Y'all go get at him, man. We appreciate you for coming on the show, man. We thank you. Thank you, man. Uh, We're going to get into some housekeeping before we wrap up the show. Uh, Once again, we want to say just thank you to everybody who just keep on coming, listening to the podcast, helping us grow. We're starting to get like 4,000 plays a week now. So we just thank y'all, man. We we really appreciate it. Y'all, please keep sharing the podcast, liking the podcast, subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews. Been crazy. We've been at Apple's top 100 for like the past two, three months now. Yeah, like so, shit crazy. We really appreciate y'all. Uh, y'all make sure y'all check out the website www.blackwolfrenaissance.com. Yeah, we have a lot of great blogs up there for you. We have our merch which is currently on sale. Uh, what else we got up there? We got, we got the realtor directory. The realtor directory. Man, we gotta add you to. Yeah, yeah, you are real. So we gotta add you, bro. We gotta add you to the directory. <laughs> uh, we got our lawyer directory coming up, CPA directory. We got our courses. Yeah. Uh, we just got a whole bunch of resources and tools for you know you to go win to see. We want to see everybody really win. Um, y'all follow us on Instagram at Black Wolf Renaissance, Twitter at BWR underscore movement. Yeah. On Facebook, Black Wolf Renaissance. LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Black Wolf Renaissance. YouTube, Black Wolf Renaissance. Black Wolf Renaissance. Everywhere, man. Y'all just search for <laughs> whatever platform y'all want. We on there. We gonna come up. Like we said, we appreciate y'all. Uh, once again, if y'all want to be on our Patreon, get some exclusive content or whatever, y'all sign up for our Patreon. You know, Kelly, I got you, my brother. What, what you got hey. for me, bro? Patreon.com slash T-H-E-B-W-R. That's Patreon.com slash T-H-E-B-W-R. Yeah, and it start off at a dollar a month. It's just to help us, you know, travel around or whatever. Next time we're in Dallas, too, we got to hit you up. Oh, Yo, yeah, bro. I was about to tell Absolutely. Next time we in Dallas, we had a meetup in Dallas. Next time we do one, we definitely got to have you there with us. For sure, man. Uh, and until then, this is Black Buff Renaissance signing out. Peace.
When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.